Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If you wanna be my friend, better go and get up And maybe we can keep in touch Like I did in the old days, it wasn't so long ago into it do you get in the shower when you sing full do you put music on when you get in the shower yeah or talk radio but always Uh, something yeah showers are so when you play a song you realize how fast a shower really is like i (laughs) don't get in there like you know sometimes you take a shower and you you go but after living in california the entire time that i've lived here has been a drought as opposed to well that ended i guess two years ago or something Mm mm-hmm meaning the majority of my time here has been in a drought. So I've just gotten very used to very quick showers. Right. But you throw on a song. I think it's always great. Just throw on one song. That's like, you know, a couple minutes and you realize one song. Oh, a shower, a sh- at least for a man, I'm speaking for a man who do it. Speak shampoos, for a man, conditions and soaps his body. You know, sometimes people get in there, they have more to do. Um, but I get in there and I do that. And then one, it's always like one song and I'm like, Oh, this is great. Roy, do you soap your legs? You know, I here's the thing. I have like a standing shower in my bathroom. It's it's not easy to bend over, so I do the best I can. Okay. <laughs> but we do have another shower uh-huh. that we never use, which uh-huh. is a far superior bathroom, and we don't even use it. I don't know why. <laughs> we give baths to Elliot in it. Sure. But the shower in there, you've seen it. it uh-huh. There's a ton of space to where you ton. can like really I go in there up. and lay down. You guys think I'm going you, pee. You, Exactly. I know you do. We have cameras in there, oh. and I will soap up my whole body. And I'm like, why do I? I one, I don't know how necessary this is, but two, I think it's necessary. I think you're right. And two, it's it always feels good. The uh, rest in peace. God bless his soul. Richard Bain uh, had such a great joke. Um, do y'all wash y'all's legs when you take a shower? I just want to know if I'm lazy or not. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I go all the way down. Yeah. Calf. I put the loofah all the way down the calf, ankle to toes. Yeah. 
Do you are you a washcloth, a hand, or a loofah man? Hands, hands. But really? I should be I should be a loofah guy. I'm a loofah guy. I just get the soap all over my hands and I just start smearing it. But the loofah, you need to get that the those skin cells off. You need to clean that. Yeah. You need to scrub the skin. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm not good at self care in I terms disagree. of like hygiene. I don't smell. I take care of myself well. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like the extra stuff you could be good. doing. Your hair looks healthy and good. You have a good oh. volume to it right now. The only reason any of that is is because shooting this show, someone cuts it and like makes it look nice every day. It does look um, nice. Should we tell people if they, if you sound a little muffled, it's not our bad audio or their bad speakers? Folks, I'm in a mask. Safety purposes was in uh, was in the vicinity of someone who tested positive. This is just an added security measure. I'm more than likely fine if you're concerned. Um, if you're not concerned, good for you. you. There's no need to be. I'm not either. But this is an extra security measure being at my house with my kid and wife uh, until someone says I definitely don't have it, uh, which is probably tomorrow or Tuesday. But Two more yeah. questions for you. And I have four more answers. Ooh. Do you have a skincare regimen? No. Hmm. <laughs> so now I got to put three answers to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you walk me through yours? Because you must have one. You wouldn't have asked that. You're doing skin. You're you're doing. Do you wash your face at night before you go to bed? I haven't washed my face since I was 14. I'm proud of that. I'm so. I have so much pride and unity in that. That's called bringing the country together. Well, you're looking at me. We don't clean our faces. I, I think I'm okay. You have a very nice. You have very good skin complexion. You have very good. uh uh, yeah, I got, now I mean later on I'm going to find out you're using filters on Zoom and you're, oh. that's what you're doing. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Why mm-hmm. do you have lipstick on? These filters are doing <laughs> this to me. I don't even wear eyeshadow. Look what happens when I open my mouth. I don't wear eyeshadow. Oh, you have a dragon's mouth. Uh, um, no, I, I, just, I got all these products. and I Do you lotion your body when you get out of the shower? Now this is a great question that I've been debating because I've tried it recently a couple times and I hate the feeling. Thank you. I hate it. But, but you do know, and I'm on your side, and I'm only saying what I bet we're both thinking. You know and agree, yes, we should do it. You understand all that. I can't understand why it would be bad for you. It just feels. I feel like a film on me. Jordan will be like, do it and then get in bed. Like if I have a late night shower, like I get home from work and I got to get the hairspray and all the shit out of my hair and the makeup. And then she's like, and then put on lotion. I'm like, I can't. It makes me feel fucking so weird. But I I get it. The whole day down at the lake, right? And you just keep with good application and reapplication Sunscreen of like, and shit. Yeah. Yes, and then at the, and then you get home at the, and it's nighttime, and but you crocodile. still feel covered in sunscreen. Oh yeah, Ugh. that's what it feels like with lotion on when yeah. I'm like trying to go to bed. Yeah. Also, like, do I need to be lotioning my arms? Yeah, we all over our bodies. Our I know. Skin, I you I have lotion the skin my, complexion of someone who looks like they do lotion. A lot. I, so you're lucky. I lotion my face after a shower. And if I've just recently shaved my head or my neck, I'll put lotion there. Or if I've shaved For sure. like my face, obviously. That you put front. aftershave on your head? No. Because it's just, a, a, it's dumb just a clipper. No, not at all. If I was shaving it with a razor, 100%. It does look like you do shave with a razor. No, you a, get it so tight. Yeah, it's just a one. It's just a. How long does that take, and how often do you do it? About every two days takes about ten to twelve minutes. 
What would you look like if you didn't shave your head for I'd look like a guy with six hair. months? I'd look like a guy. I, I would look to... What do you think your balding pattern is? Because I know that if I shaved my head right now to where you're at, mm-hmm. you know where you can see the hair follicles. You can see what's there. Yeah. I Honestly, I think you'd have a similar hair pattern as me. Because I, I would. think we maybe... I have the power alleys. I have the receding hairline on the sides. Yeah. I bet if I don't watch out for it, I'm going to have that island forehead thing. You know what I'm talking about? Well... And then around I have it, a... we'll start like the crown... Yeah, I have a little bit of the crown. So here's the what happened because going. of my the height. The crown is out. The crown is like, we don't do this. We're done with Rory. We had 40 years. We're out. Is that what you think is happening? I think a lot of my hair is starting to uh, put in their two-week notice. <laughs> <laughs> it made a New Year's resolution. Yeah, they're like, we had a good run. Why are we sticking with this guy? So because of my height, if I grew it out, you would always just think of me as a guy with hair. But if for any some reason... For most persons, if I was sitting and they were standing, or they'd be like, oh, he's like thinning out. And I couldn't handle... I feel horrible when I look at a guy who's just hanging on for dear life. I know, I know. And you're like, I'm, everyone I'm knows. Like, I, know. I feel bad. So you know me. Because it's, it's also a really hard decision. Well. But you know what? It's so strange to me. And I, I am, I'm sure I am, you know, soon to confront this myself. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of men don't realize how good they would look if they fully committed to accepting oh, I, that they I have just hair did it loss for the power of it. I did it for the confidence where I was like, oh, I'm taking control of this. Yeah, but but you I could grow it out. Like, your perception, like, you're, you're smart. That's why. Because your perception of yourself is, oh, this will, this will look good. And you get used to it. Like, I can't see you with hair. I don't sit here and go, oh, Daniel didn't have hair. I don't even think about it. I mean, do you because... want me to go get one over the wigs? You want to do the rest of the show with me with hair? No, no. This is the Daniel I know. But we, here's the Like right deal. now, I'm like, if I shave my head, Daniel might be like, oh my God. But in a year from now, you'll be like, I don't even remember what Roy looks like with hair. <laughs> but would you get hair restoration? I've, I've honestly, I've thought about it so much only because of our line of work. 100%. And I've always land, I've always landed on like, I, I just don't know. Do you want me to tell you my answer? I don't know that I care that much. If I was 25 uh-huh. and my hair was where it is right now at 25, I bet I'd think about it a lot more. I probably wouldn't have the money to do it. But right now at 40, I just, I, I just kind of want to always look my age. I just feel like that's... I don't think those I've two always things liked are related people. necessarily. I mean, they might be for you, but I don't think those two things are related. What, looking your age? If you had hair, you wouldn't look. If you had hair, we have, you know, we have a very close friend who had full hair restoration. I'm sure I, I do know that. And I also know that and it looks great. I have and they several, did it back when it wasn't supposed to look good on anybody. And it looks phenomenal. I have very close friends that have done it. And it looks absolutely amazing. For me, I don't know what level of caring about it I am. Like, I think right now I'm lucky to be 40 and have the amount of hair that I have. Sure. I know a lot of my hair pattern has changed in, that have no hair and like at 19 had no hair. See, my hair pattern hasn't changed in 10 years. So yeah. if I were and based off of what I know about my grandfather and my uncle, his son, if I were to do hair restoration, like that's just how it would probably be the rest of my life. I would do it. Yeah, I would 100% do it. And I would talk about it. Personally, and I would even talk about it on stage. Te- I don't- for any listeners who don't know what that is, and Daniel, you correct me if I'm wrong, they take hair from your lower 
Yeah. From your neck, right? Right. From so it's from kind of like repla- they take area. those follicles or from whatever and they replant them in balding areas. Right. And, and that's why you see guys itself. with like you see actors, A-list celebrities who at one point looked like they were going bald and then suddenly have an amazing head of hair. And they Steve probably Carell, will have that amazing office. head of hair forever, you know. Steve Carell, the office. Look at season yeah. one. Look at season three. Yeah. Here, I'm not here, against I'm not against it. I I'm think not against it either. Me, I'm I mean so pro me. it that I, I would don't know be that like, I would do it though. Because any sort of plastic surgery just comes down to are you doing it for yourself to make yourself feel better? Don't do it for anybody else. Don't do it to cover up yeah. some other issue. Yeah, if it's yeah. solely about like, oh, I'll feel great doing this, then do it. You will. It'll be the if if you do it for the right reasons, it'll be the best money you ever spent. Yeah, you, I agree. I agree. With you're that. gonna look I, at that nose every fucking day for the rest of your life. You're gonna it, yeah. whatever it is the the under eye stuff, the chin, whatever it is. You and I'm always like, put it on a credit card. What are they gonna do? Repossess your fucking face? They can't. Right. Like right. go for it. Just and when they're like, "Hey, you owe us for that plastic surgery." Like, yeah, I don't have it, but I feel great. So take take, take care. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't even have that. <laughs> You're fine. You know what? I don't even have that money. But our friend that I'm thinking of that has it, I looked say, at say, their. Wait, say that again. I missed it. Our friend that I'm thinking of that has it, I looked at them one night and on stage, and I was like. What a great head of hair. And then the next day, apropos no, maybe nothing. Maybe I will get it. You talk me into it. I'm gonna they, into it. they brought it up that they had had hair restoration. And I it floored yeah. me because I just last night, I was thinking how good your head of hair is. Yeah. And like with most things, just like a magic trick, once you know how it works, yeah, you can see the wires. But if no one ever showed you, you would yeah, yeah. never notice. Right. Ever. Yeah. I, I can't. I uh, bet I, I do know. it. I might do it this year. All right. And then you grow your hair out. Well, you and I could have a full, yeah. And you and I could have a full on conversation about our careers as to why I would do that. But if you and I lived in Rochelle or Greenville, I would, I would probably never do it and not care. Yeah. I think the only reason I ever even consider it is, uh, is, um, is Rolf. our jobs. Because here's the thing. Fine. I'll say it to you. I want people to start looking at commercials and tell me the guy without hair that isn't mean, isn't the bad guy, isn't <laughs> cops. Isn't military? Isn't black, Mister Clean? You're not, that Mr. you're not going to, Mister Clean. Mister Clean. He's the right. opposite of all, all. He's just the fucking. He right. he shows it up, and, and he's he not real, clean, and he just cleans, and he's not no. real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's big, he's big. But it's it's just in our profession. Yeah, it's outside of Breaking Bad, which is one of the reasons people don't realize how revolutionary that show is. The the bald actor, you they just. You don't have options because they're yeah. like, you can't, they don't know what to, it literally it just isn't how roles work in our yeah. industry. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, but it's so true. Yeah. And then somebody's going to write us a letter about the exception and I'm going to go, congrats. You wrote the exception. Yeah. Just um, a reminder, folks, email is our main source of contacting the pen pals at gmail.com email mm-hmm. us your letters email us your stories email us your queries and your uh grievances anything you got there was a period where daniel and i would try to steer topics and we we enjoyed that we'll probably do it again at some point it's yeah, why not? fun to do but I don't... we're back to uh dealer's choice well we so never went away got, we just it never went away ideas. but we're just very dealer's choice people are 
We are getting a lot of emails and they're great. I just want to keep, we do keep getting some DMs and I just want to make sure people know it's harder for us to track mm-hmm. the DMs and we're trying to consolidate so that we start. Uh, I mean, if you if you listen to recent episodes, we've done some letters from a year and a half ago. So Wait, hold on. you're sitting there going, they never read my letter. Um, we have, and there's a right. chance that it shows up on the show. But if we, you can email as we go forward, we can start to really consolidate and compartmentalize what we got. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, should we? Yeah, when's the live show? Live show is gonna be February Feb. 20th. 20th? It is the 20th. I'm you seeing it I would the corner know. of my eye. Are you sure? Yeah. I love them so much. I hope everybody's there. Feb tw- everyone will be there. People always are there. What if I ask you a Feb question? Feb 20th. You were wrong. It's February 20th. Saturday, <laughs> February 20th. Thank God you've got me. Danielvankirk.com, Rory Scoville's link tree. You know, those link trees, folks. Daniel and I, we're hip. We do what the young kids mm-hmm. are doing. Link trees, you got it. Uh, we're not on TikTok. Uh, we just got into Snapchat. Um, Speaking of, then, are you having a good casual nude Friday? Oh, is this casual nude Fridays? Well, then we're recording it. Oh. Man, I, I... Is there more discussion on the nudes? Is it not crazy how big of a discussion? I mean, we haven't even chipped away... The slightest so bit of that iceberg. I know. We haven't even chipped enough ice off that iceberg to make a couple of old fashions. You know what I mean, <laughs> folks? You want to go? Let's do it. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. And let's go to the letters. I love it every Come time. with me. Sing it. And you'll be... In a world of pure imagination. It's a goddamn dark horse now. Your, your emo version of our theme song was perfect. You'll see it defies explanation. We should do Daniel and Rory, Rory and Daniel, one night in concert. Let's put out a CD. Mm-hmm. What if and we just, did? And it's just 10 episodes of pen pals that but only already heard sing. but they're on a cd <laughs> i would love if somebody could put a compilation the of all the times we rip sang. off of a product possible <laughs> we're like this is gar- not only that it cost this is these are you know manufacturing Legally. and stuff this is just garbage to go in a landfill <laughs> yeah. well i hope you're having a good casual nude friday mine is I going am. great are you naked no i'm Casual New Friday is about the gift of giving. Well, actually, I mean receiving. I'm going to start doing a lot of these with my shirt off. Get into that Kreischer mode. <laughs> Don't. Don't do that. He's The market's cornered. He has cornered the market on. Am I going? Shirt off. Yeah, you're going. Okay. Hop up there. Hop up. Get on that step letter. Pop, pop. Hop, pop, pop, pop. Off your pop. To my dearest... Daniel and Rory. Somebody wrong, gets it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong, I wrong, 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 wrong. You had an amazing Christmas, New Year. Mine Can I just was say shit. something? Can I yeah. say something? Yeah. People doing the name thing at this point, it's personal. <laughs> 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 They're making an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. And they know that. But I like when they don't need to call it out. I, because they're also over it. <laughs> right. They're like, guys, I have to write something. 
I hope you had an amazing Christmas and New Year. Mine was shit, but that's enough about me. I was recently having a conversation slash debate. Love a good condeb with someone about the film. I am legend starring Will Smith already assuming Daniel hasn't seen it. You are wrong. I actually I haven't seen it. Really? I haven't seen it. Oh, we'll talk about it. And he was adamant. I, and, and you know, that's because I am missing out. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> and he was adamant that it was predicting the future. Little backstory. The plot of the film, everyone in the world is given a vaccine and it kills 90% of the world's population. Yikesies. 9.8% turn into these weird vampire zombie albino dudes and the remaining 2% who are immune are left to kill them or find a cure. So let me get this straight. 90% of us are going to die. 9.8%, they're already here. They stormed the Capitol a couple weeks ago. And then 2% is just whoever. Is yeah, left. it would be 0.2, but yes. Okay. My friends seem to think this film, which was released in 2007, was set in 2021. So obviously means he can't be vaccinated because it has been foretold by the mighty Will Smith. The film is actually set in the year 2012, so I shut that date debate down pretty quick. But it got me thinking about films, TV shows, and books predicting the future. We all know The Simpsons are creepily accurate for doing this, and the book The Eyes of Darkness by Dean Koontz predicting COVID-19. Which is that. truly true. The COVID-19 Dean Koontz thing. It's real? I haven't heard of this that, at all. It is, it is as specific as uh, mentioning Wuhan. That's how specific it is. Really? And The Simpsons... At a certain point, you got to be like, is time travel real? And this is what someone decided to do with what they knew. It's not a bad idea because you they were like, oh, I can still do this. You had the longest running primetime TV show of all of ever. And you're like, I'll just do this. I'll make these hints and that won't really alter anything. So it's, I'm not. Yeah, because no one believes it. Up. So they don't change But, but also no one's noticing it. No one's noticing right, it. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not oh, changing the course. It doesn't happen for 15 of... years after, you know. Right. Um, do you know the Simpsons, uh, and you do know this, but it is so strange to, to step back and go, oh yeah, the Simpsons has been on television most of our lives. Yeah. Since like 87 or 88. I remember when it, when he said, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? The first episode on Fox. I remember it guessed it. They guest starred as a sketch on the Tracy Ullman. I remember show. watching those Simpsons too. Started. I would watch those and I would watch Eon Flux and I would wonder why Eon Flux was making me feel weird stuff. I know what you mean, but I didn't like it. But I, that weird I didn't stuff, like it either. The fly and the eye like, lashes, I it know. bothered me a lot. But the weird stuff felt good and you didn't understand it. <laughs> I know. And then someone showed me the movie Heavy Metal and then things changed. Uh, someone showed me a different movie and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. That's what's up. I had okay. that too. It's, okay. it's called Peaches. Yeah. Okay. Um, that derailed me mentally. Uh, Eyes of Darkness, Dean Koontz, predicting COVID-19. In my boredom at work, I googled all the films that are set in the year 2021, and there is a film that I've never heard of called The Sisterhood, which came out in 1988, which seems pretty accurate considering the very recent events at Capitol Hill this week. The first line of the plot summary reads, in what used to be America, several women fight to stay alive in a post-apocalyptic world after being captured by a brutal army of men. The men are veterans of the, quote, Western War, which occurred sometime before 2021. 
What are your guys' thoughts about predictions? Do you think there's any credibility behind them or are they just plain luck? I was not expecting this email to be this long. I'm so sorry. If this is too long to read uh, out, then I do have a quicker question. Does anyone have interesting stories to tell about an interaction with Dora the Explorer while working at Universal Studios that they would like to share? I wish you both and all the pennies and pallers a year of success, health, and happiness. Sincerely, I mean, it's full name. Yeah. What's your call on that? I mean, she didn't say it. I think it's good to go. Okay. Gemma Lajoie. God, I love how you said that. I went for it. What do you think it is? I think that's pretty close. Gemma, for sure. La Gemma Lajoie. La... I love it. Lajoie? Lajoie. 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 Ooh, la jouie. I like la jouie. If this woman is not in New Orleans and hanging out with Kevin Harrington, what? Why have we not? We're not. We're not doing it right. Also, it says First no off, pigeons were harmed in the carrying of this email. I would Love also it. like to point out this is the perfect length. I was. I know. I thought that too. When they said too long, I'm like, no. I appreciate. I appreciate the assumption that maybe this is too long. No, a lot of was, the, a lot of our a lot of our listeners. One sentence. Want, I want to be very clear. Getting a letter paragraphs. is the best. Every letter we get is the fuel for the fire. Every single letter, right, is truly important to this to to this show. If every single week we had nothing to choose from, we wouldn't be do. I don't know what we'd be doing. It'd be over. We'd be two cackling idiots just chatting away until we covered everything. Right. But some people, I do want to point out, still send great letters that mm -hmm. are so long if we did read it i think we'd probably have 10 minutes left to talk about it and a smarter production condensed, might say oh really we'll just condensed. edit it but we don't want to edit anybody we don't we don't edit most of the shows what you hear no. is, is what's happening yeah in the past we would edit out my daughter's name or something we got like a, a, a mess up on uh what we were talking about or something but there, there, there probably has been the most minimal amounts of edits in any podcast history on this show. We don't. We, what you, what we're recording is what you get. But that's the perfect length uh, email. I um, agree. Good job, G. First off, in what used to be America, several w women fight to stay alive, and all of that is already and always has been just time. The Western War part is the only thing that's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> women being captured and an army of men and yeah that's that's not that's not post-apocalyptic no that's been i mean god that's probably it's probably more accurately known as the 50s did you watch handmaid's tale i can't i haven't even I, started it i'm told i should but i just can't dude i'm i'm some things are too I'm heavy gearing for up me. for friday night lights i can't be on no handmaid's tale you let me know when you're ready to dance is that one of the lines from the pilot? I think my wife and daughter have been arguing the entire time we've been recording. <laughs> and it's like, it keeps getting more and more heated. I just mean, to, just to remember, that's a 35-year-old versus a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> it's a five-year-old versus other, And it's like, there's, and, there, and good points are being made on both <laughs> sides. <laughs> um, I, you let me know, Friday Night Lights, oh God, I would, I, I want to fucking, I just want to do all this together. I want to watch fucking no. Hoosiers. I want to go, hey, every Thursday night, Daniel comes over and we watch two episodes of Friday Night Lights. And oh, that'd be the best. The goddamn series. I just want these... I just, the, the shit that I want... You start to... The things you want out of COVID aren't even things you would have probably done. 
Like watching Hoosiers fine, but us having like, then Daniel comes over and we get tacos and watch Friday Night Lights. But now it's like any form of, of togetherness, entertainment, mm-hmm. community, you'll take it. You'll take anything. Well, guess guess who you love that watched Soul? Yes. Go forget this letter. We've moved on. <laughs> it's beautiful. But uh, you made me think of it because you're like, I just want little, I just want life back. No. I know the little things. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. God, I lo- if you haven't seen that movie, I highly recommend seeing Soul. If you're the person to partake in a little bit of the old marijuana, please do so and watch that movie. It is so funny. It's so deep. It's so smart. It's so well made. It's so mm-hmm. interesting. It's so well written. It's so well. It's all the things. It's just great. It I think great. it might be my favorite Pixar movie. <sighs> I mean, I know, and that's and that's a big thing because they they hit Wally. home runs every every it's time Wally. they get to the Rory. plate. It's Wally, it's Wally. I love. I mean, Wally, to me, this exists in that world of deep thinking, like Wally. Yes, it gets you thinking about these bigger ideas, but it doesn't force feed you. It's just like, hey, do you, do you notice what we're talking about? Sometimes oh, I just the moment of stay away from processed foods. I'm like, sneak that shit in there. Tell kids that shit. Do it. I'm all for that level of just subliminal advertising. Right. I have a question for you. And I have 16 answers for you. Do you have a fa- do you have a movie you love that predicts the future? Like <sighs> Back to the Future 2 or Looper or my personal I love the Blade Runner movies so much. Yeah. I'm so now are we talking Now when you say predict the future or we're just talking about time travel movies in general. No, there's no time travel in um, Blade Runner. Yeah, but I, but I mean like, uh, okay, so with Blade Runner, you're saying is that any 20, sort of like 20, movie 40. that's telling you what the future might be like? Yeah, Terminator I, I, Two. I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I like it every time. Something I think is interesting in 2001. You know, Stanley Kubrick got at the very beginning on that flight to the moon base or whatever. Mm-hmm. there's screens on the back of the seat in front of you. He got that right. Mm-hmm. When the guy gets to the the moon base, he immediately FaceTimes his daughter. He got that right. Mm-hmm. That's uh, That kind of shit, I think, is remarkable. Bird Box? I didn't see Bird Box. Pretty good. Yeah. But like... It, it should be a house. That's what kind of bothered me. It should be a birdhouse. I mean, you've got the money. It's a bird Upgrade. prison, if anything. Here's an interesting thought on I Am Legend. Yep. Oh, you didn't see it. Is it Matt? You can. Are you talking about spoiler alerts or just that? I, I don't can't know. Spoiler. Engage? So Will Smith. It's also like Charlton yes. Heston's Omega Man from the 1970s. Yes. Will Smith's character is like the only le- left last person in New York City in Manhattan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to survive these like albino monster things that come out at night right yeah the rioters the capitol hill rioters but he is the problem they're the majority they've become the new population these things and he hunts them and kills them he's the pest he's the monster in the story to them to them yeah and if you look at it that way you're like yeah you it's their planet now you're just this like thing that comes out and tries to kill them for just being what they are they're not like yeah they don't it's not like them against you it's you against them yeah 
Um, well, they're trying to kill him, right? Yeah, but well, they're not. That it's like a you know a, a lion tries to kill a wildebeest. It's not personal. I don't know. You think sometimes it is? I think it's personal. <laughs> By the way, Netflix Night on Earth, really great little documentary about what you're goes in. On with you're in deep to a lot of stuff these days. It's my it's my kid. I just finished Watchmen last night. Fuck, that is such a good show. You liked it's it? So sad that that's it, but. Good, That's it. Great writing, great presentation, tied up all the strings, left a cliffhanger that's a broad cliffhanger. So it's not some kind of like, oh, we got to get to season two. Like, they really, it's really great. Right. The world just continues. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the problem is, is how often does somebody do a movie that takes place in the future <laughs> and it is positive? Right, it's what always you, what do you dystopian. Mean? It's, it's like right. Oh, no, oh, yeah. Okay, well, Back to the Future too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, <laughs> but that house seemed pretty but, hectic. But it's not and, often. It's not often what you're saying. Right. It's always the future's like, always bleak. Always bleak. Yeah. But don't we try to tell ourselves in our personal lives like it'll get better, things will get better. Remember the whole it. it we had the it gets better campaign. But for some reason in art, we're constantly like, man, this is going to go to fucking hell in a handbasket. Yeah. Well, that might be more honest, I think. <laughs> Entertainment's more, uh, you know, art is a reflection of, you know, society and reality, dude. Life. Do you think we are headed towards like human non existence? <clears throat> yes. How Every far second. out? 200 years? You no, know, that's, that's an inter- interesting question because I believe that. I believe at a certain point where it's just not going to be, this just won't be a habitable space. Because we'll have used all the resources. I mean, the ocean is the next great part of the planet that we are. Oh my God, we even talked so about water world. To, we're so close to destroying it. And once we destroy it and those ecosystems collapse, I mean, we're all built on a system of needing each other and needing uh, these other species. It isn't. Uh, you know, we're so narrow-minded that we we look at our own species as like, oh, humans, we're at the top of the food chain. And then within that, we then segregate amongst ourselves based on a variety of different uh, of things like race or religion or, or, or gender or education or occupation or wealth. We splinter off and we don't ever actually step back and realize... It isn't it it isn't that you can't you can't splinter off all of the things matter the togetherness of it all matters the mm-hmm. unity of all of it it's not just going the US needs to come together all of the countries need to come together it's and it isn't and, and the species it's the same thing with the species it's i, I the book uh, Ishmael is so interesting to me when he sits down and talks to this gorilla um Wait, what about is this? it's a book called Ishmael. It's okay. it's so great. But this guy sits and talks with this gorilla, and it's just this deeper, deeper understanding of where we come from and why we believe these certain things. But it's a guy talking to a gorilla, and the gorilla talks back to him. And the gorilla explains that humans are at a certain stage in their evolution, and that's what makes them human. He's like, but humans don't ever step back and assume that every single species around them is merely in a state of evolution that could one day lead to them being the same as you. 
But yet you think that you're there. You think, oh, I'm what's important. This earth is for me. These animals are here for my amusement. You don't ever look at it and go, oh, I used to be in the same boat they're in. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should foster, <laughs> foster their existence because they might be on a path to, to in, you know, a hundred thousand years or Planet whatever. Right. Planet of the apes. Else. Yeah. It's all. Did you see the new Planet of the Apes? The new run of those movies? I did. Yeah. I love them. I think but, they're great. They're also, they're interesting. And they're also well done. I mean, I hate CGI stuff, but they at least very well done. Good. Yeah, yeah. But here's my here's a, it's a thought you just gave me that I now have. If you think of like Aboriginal people in, and if, if and I don't, if that's not a bad term now, right? It's like Aboriginal. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, okay. my apologies. Well, give us grace. Is, give I us grace, people. Give us grace. You know who we are. If it's your first episode, welcome. Give us grace. Wow, what a place to start if this is your first episode. <laughs> um, the, the episode where Daniel and Rory got canceled. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> Aboriginal. Uh, or like um, people who, like indigenous people in Africa who lived in tribes before we, um, for, I don't even want to use a lesser term, raped that, that uh, country and continent. Um, those countries and continent uh and then like the native americans the indigenous people to uh, what is now north america right yes the way they lived and i'm most familiar with uh the native americans here in our country mm -hmm. that style of life i think would have lived forever yes. in this world yes no there would be no like right now we're like, well, eventually we've, we've dumped all this shit in the ocean and we've well, paved be, yeah, all this stuff and we've used us, that. we've used up all these resources and we're using up more of them and they yeah. will eventually run out that, but that, that style of native Americans and so many other uh, types of peoples, um, it would never run out. It would yeah. never be a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would go forever because it's living it literally in harmony with what the land and the animals and the weather have to give it yes. and then just surviving and cultivating and hopefully flourishing. Yes. Well, but it, but it, we take over every, like we're, our yes. society now is to like, well, no, we need to change all this to make it fit. But, but it, it also that makes comes you wonder, cost. could we have ever, could, could, could that shift towards where we are now, now ever have been, avoided you know what i mean it's almost like could like where we're at right now with ai it's like can this actually be avoided or is it just inevitable the progress our, of it our, like, yeah, like you're saying our, like terminator skynet like it, yes. no matter what you do yes it's going to become self-aware yes like for instance is it inevitable that this planet and i know how absurd this sounds but just entertain hypotheticals is it inevitable that this planet at some point could perhaps only be inhabited by AI. That doesn't require safety from, and I, and I could be wildly off about this, but maybe doesn't require certain safety measures against certain elements of nature. That doesn't require food, so it doesn't matter the food's gone. That doesn't require dot, 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 because this has vanished. That mm -hmm. it, oh, all the bees died. Well, that doesn't matter to AI. And it, maybe someone goes, yeah, but what about power and power grid? 
are we so certain that AI can't evolve itself to understand how to keep itself sustained? Can we not? And I'm not the first to say any of this. I'm not acting like I'm. <laughs> this is, I got high, and this is what I discovered. But the idea that that actually is our natural evolution is that our species, in a way, no longer becomes organic. <laughs> we are no longer this organic species. We actually are this program or these programs. Now, and I'm not talking about. Skynet robots and stuff. I just mean that what is here is actually things you can't see. It's how your systems work. I mean, our entire lives. Or did we already do so it? So much on AI right now. But did we already do it? And this is yes. the matrix. Possibly. Here's what I think. If you truly believe that your existence, you're you're outside of the heaven and hell box, and you truly believe that your existence is is energy, that you are energy. Mm-hmm. Then, then at a certain point, you have to rid yourself of the fear and the belief of death and dying and start to accept the idea that you really are energy and you are interpreting yourself and that the things that you are doing do have an effect because energy can be positive or negative. And, and I don't mean in the cheesy way, like being nice to people or don't be a jerk to somebody. I mean, literally, how you exist can matter towards the greater flow of, of what affects this world, what you believe positivity to be, what you put out there. Right. Um, and th- I'm not going to lie. That's, that's what I was thinking about when I was high watching Soul for the second time. I started thinking about the idea of death. And I think, I think, you know, I think we, a lot of us fear death. We really fear it. Mm-hmm. But truthfully, what is there to fear other than the idea that it probably hurts to transition to whatever's next, be it something or nothing? What truly is there to fear other than the pain of that passageway? And when you find out someone was like, they were sick in the hospital, they were all hepped up on morphine, and you just sit back and you go, God, I hope that's how I go. <laughs> God, I hope I hope my transition gets to be nice and smooth, just like that. But truthfully, what is there to fear other than the fact that it could hurt? And more than likely, for most people, that pain is probably a limited amount of time. Yeah. Or if it but it will exists. be extreme. You think? I've always thought that whatever's next, if there is something, it you don't get to just step over there. Really? It could be like a warm yeah. bath. Maybe. Maybe your brain kicks in something, you know, you already the DMT that you you know you know right. is already in your mind that kicks in that maybe you don't feel anything. Maybe you don't know. You know, people say when you're you when a shark bites into you, your brain knows it and releases so right. much right. that you almost can't feel the fact that you've been bitten into you, you drift off instantly. You're like, I'm out. I mean, have you ever had a super severe injury? No. Yeah. I mean, I I've have. been in pain. Didn't I've broken feel anything. bones. Didn't feel anything. Is this the car accident? No, although when I broke the window with my arm, I didn't feel that either now that I think about it. But when yeah. I fell out of the tree and ripped half my face off, I didn't feel anything. What about when you fought people outside of bars and they were dating family members? Didn't 
I told you I had to be reminded that I got punched. That's the closest to a good fellow's moment that I have for you in my mind. <laughs> Gemma, sorry we didn't have time to talk about uh, your letter. <laughs> Dora. No, we totally. We, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, we didn't have time to talk about Dora and Universal Studios. Maybe that'll happen at a live show. I like saving special stuff like that for a live show. And that's when we're with everybody. That's the that's when it's Why good. is that question so specific? Have you said something about that and that's where that comes from? I think so. Or has Jim a like, oh, I no, have a I have, tell that I, I had a, we, there's a whole thing about Dora the Explorer at Universal Studios. I, I, I might just tell the story on stage someday too. But I'm not opposed right. to telling it to our right. pennies and pallers first. Well, you know what? Screen it. Screen it through us and let us give notes. I will. All right. All right. Um, I think that's all of it. I like predictive movies. I will say this really quick. I like a movie like Looper where things have changed enough that it's a different world, but it's not unrecognizable. Yes. Like, I yes. like that. We're like, oh, this wrinkle kind of changed the whole world, but there's still farms. You know what I think is so powerful? Huh. And I don't love the movie, but it's yeah. so powerful when Matthew McConaughey gets back to the spaceship, sits oh down God. and sees all of the videos from his kids. Mm -hmm. You know, he was gone for mm -hmm. what, tw 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever yeah. it is, or yeah. an hour. Yeah. But when he gets back and Miller's planet, thir 30 years uh -huh. has passed by and, uh -huh. and he, and he sits there and he cries. And I saw a, a pretty fun video about him talking about that that shot but i think about that a lot that that crushes me because it's such a powerful idea well we got somebody tagged us like yesterday in a post i have it right here fun On fact Instagram? since since yeah since interstellar was released in 2014 only 53 minutes and six sef seconds have passed on miller's planet 53 minutes mm-hmm and six seconds since twenty. And that, how long ago was that? Twenty fourteen. How long was he on the planet? Because didn't like twenty years go by? Yeah, weren't they on there for a couple of hours? Maybe. God, it's so it just. I mean, that's already seven, me. and that's an hour. It crushes me. So I think they were there like three hours. I just love that scene. Um, also, another good uh, in the future thing. So is so is Ad Astra. Or as Pete Holmes calls it, Dad Astro, which I always thought was a perfect joke. Okay, Gemma, okay. we wish you well. Sincerely, your pen pals, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scovel. Hey, do you miss traveling with your besties like in Girl Strip? Do you miss going to huge family gatherings like in Soul Food? Do you miss meeting the parents like in Get Out? Well, actually, no one misses that. But you can still do all of these things with me, Desmond Thorne, on my podcast, Adventures in Black Cinema. Each week, I take you on a journey through a new black film, how it relates to the culture, and sometimes how the themes relate to my own life. So there's always a little tea and a slight bit of embarrassment. And of course, as a filmmaker myself and one of the blackest, film nerdiest film nerds like ever, you're always in good hands. Adventures in Black Cinema with Desmond Thorne, executive produced by Amanda Seals. New episodes every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms. When was the last time you did something just for you? Discover your summer essentials with FabFitFun, the best subscription box service delivering 
full-size self-care and wellness products delivered straight to your door. Their experts carefully pick from top trending products for you to personalize your own box of happiness. Just choose your plan and get ready for the best in home, fashion, beauty, wellness, and so much more. So whether it's the perfect beach blanket, a handy wine chiller, or aloe vera gel, FabFitFun has you covered for all of your fun in the sun needs. You'll get to choose some of the products to go in your box while the rest are a surprise. Plus, you can access other perks like flash sales and new items up to 70% off. FabFitFun is more than just an incredible value. It's me time in a box. All about the brands you love, the brands you will love, and doing something that's just for you. Visit FabFitFun.com for 50% off your first box while supplies last when you use code TALKSHOW. That's FabFitFun.com, code TALKSHOW. All right, pennies and pallers, we got a small biz ad. I love a good small biz ad, Roar. It's, it feels good. And this one, uh, this one, I'm just going to straight up read to you. Okay. It's interesting. And it's also the person who, you know, that, that is the creator and co-owner, co-founder and all that. So here we go. Dear Roar and Dan already very good start to it. An it seems like that was an alternate. Okay. <laughs> it seems like this was an alternate letter. Guys, huge fan, still at penny status, but working on it. Haven't even figured out my first letter, but love what you guys are doing with the small business ads. Such a great way to support the little guy, gal out there. Here's our deal. My cousin, brother, and I started a business a little over two years ago called Deep Cut. You can follow them at Deep Cut. I'm sure on all the sh- socials. We hand make wall-mounted shelving designed for vinyl records in our northern Minnesota uh, wood shop. Clean, minimalist designs, beautiful hardwood materials, quality, small batch construction, plus easy assembly-free install that arrives at your door ready to go. That is fucking awesome. The stuff, wall cubes, flip shelves, floating U-shelves, turntable coasters. Short version of the story. Uh, All three of us are into records. I looked around for a nice-looking way to mount my collection on the wall and couldn't find anything I liked. I asked my woodworker cousin if he could design and build something for me that fit the description. He did the wall cubes. Other people started asking for the same. So we started making and selling them online. Fast forward to now we're starting to get traction with our online sales. We've got a few products and have plans uh, for more. We have even started to get approached by some notable retailers, but we still have a long way to go. So additional eyeballs and ear holes, especially from a quality community like pal Nash would be huge. Uh, Daniel, this is specifically for you. I know you're into records. Love when you mention it. We would, of course, love to get one of the small biz shout outs on the pod, but we'd also love to get you some of our shelving if there's room in your life home. We are so interested in getting into podcast advertising, but we're still bootstrapping this thing. And that's a heavy investment for us. If you'd be into having some of the product and just sharing your experience, we'd be beyond thrilled. I love that for you. Um, doesn't sound like you're a vinyl guy yet. Tool records are a lot of fun. Pink Floyd, come on. Am I a vinyl guy? You Shut are this ad guy. down. Shut this ad down. No. Rory, oh, you're don't. right. I should push forward. I, I am a vinyl guy. I have an album on vinyl. Third Man Records. Does, I, I, any plug I do for others, I try to fit my plug into it. I, do I know you are deep into the home decor Pinterest wormhole. Good Lord, was I. <laughs> the simple floating bookshelf I mentioned before. Maybe you, Jordan and Elliot are into that. We'd be honored to make it into the Scoville household uh, as well. I'm going to veer away from the letter here and just say a couple things. One, so polite and nice and uh, awesome that you would offer us uh, these products. We can talk further because I'm already very interested and I truly appreciate that offer. 
to make it very clear, that is not a must to get an advertisement from us. That is not a must not at all. to get um we don't uh, even like cookies from us. We hate cookies. We throw them in the trash from three best bakery every single time we get them. Um, but I do want to say, I love this letter. I appreciate the ad. I appreciate you listening and being a fan. And I love that you took an idea, you made it your own, you've put it out there and anything Daniel and I can do to help out. It's no different than two cackling and idiots coming up with an idea for entertainment. And all we can do is try to put it out there and hope people hear it. So we're not in, we're not in different boats. You small businesses, uh, Daniel and I are a small podcast. So yeah. And we're we're each our own small business. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're each our own small business within our small podcast. And we're just trying to entertain people and create that community. And if we can all make a little scratch to pay the bills and get some groceries and have some cool shit in our house. then that's the, uh, the awesome way to do it. So thank you, rich and, uh, check out at deep cut. If you guys are interested in what they're selling. And, uh, if not, pass it around if you think it's cool and we're back pennies and pallers daniel vandals daniel and rory scory bory coming at ya hey i want to remind everybody rory i want to remind everybody get our merch you might have heard us talk in the ads there about how we are a small podcast and a small business each in our own right and together i love the thinking of us together um you can get merch for yourself or for other people if you go to danielvankirk.com, click on the merch store. I think the merch link is also in the link tree bio at Rory Scovel's Instagram. Those are designed. And also yours. Also yours. Just yes, go. If you look up mine. us, if you look us up, probably on our pin pals. The hashtag too. t-shirt is simple yeah. and I love it. The logo t-shirt is great. The hoodie is my fave. If you There's can't remember any of that, man. you can certainly remember danvankirk.com. I think we might. You can't. Simple enough. Whenever we eventually sell our RGT and F2F merch, you can't buy one of those if you haven't bought any other merch. I'm going to I'm going to tell the store. <laughs> if somebody puts in an order for F2F or RGT, cross if the, if that's a new email, no. I like that we're looking for any support through our merch page, but as soon as people get there we're like, and now here are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> we're difficult. We're difficult. I, you think people. I don't like it? I love the fact that we have a merch store. Like, folks, go to it. But here's what you're not allowed to mm-hmm. do. That nothing makes me happier than mm-hmm. them. We might go, fuck, I would have bought some shit, but you guys had to put up these rules. I'm like, I know. And I we know. like those rules. You love us hard, even but we're hard to end, love. It, even if the end, it, it, it's negative towards us. We, we will do it. Right. If they can no just get can out of their own Dan- way. No one can hurt Daniel and Rory like Daniel and Rory. <laughs> Nobody can. We're pros at it. Ugh. Every night, every night we go hurt ourselves. Um, Here's my letter. Getting over the fear of sharing your creations with others. Dearest pen pals. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace. I like that. Unity. True unity. We need that now more than ever. And you know what? It also kind of means that it's not just for us. You know, when it says pen pals, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is the whole community. This is everybody. I've always been a creative person enjoying several different types of artistic expression, music, painting, drawing, crafts. But most importantly, writing. Ever since I was young, around 10 or so, I've wanted to be a writer. I have countless story ideas filling old childhood journals, computer hard drives, and notes on my phone. For years, I could never get further than an outline of a novel, maybe the first couple of scenes before getting overwhelmed and intimidated and scrapping the idea. Mostly, I cannot overcome the fear of not being able to actually tell a good story. Not until a little over a year ago, after finally being diagnosed and treated for ADHD in my late 20s, I managed to sit down and crank out a novel of about 100,000 words, 100,000 words, 
with characters I adore, a story I believe in, and a world I'm admittedly still fine-tuning. I wrote without looking back, unafraid of how shitty the first draft would ultimately be. But now that I'm working on the second draft, I'm faced with a new fear. What will people that know me think if and when they read it? <clears throat> I have Here's so many answers for this. Song. I also, so, so revved up. Here's the thing. I have no idea if I'll ever be a published author. I'd love to be, even if I'm never successful enough to make that my full-time career. And I don't want the fear of what people will think be the thing that keeps me from pursuing that dream. I've always been an extremely private person, especially with my more personal creative work. I'm not worried about what anyone will think of the quality of the writing or the story itself, but what people will think of me because of the story. The story is not overly dark or risque, but the idea of sharing words and ideas I've slaved over and carefully crafted feels too intimate, like they'll be able to see and know too much about what goes on in my head. If I were to ever publish anything for the general public, I'd use a pen name, but I'd still want to share what I'd consider to be my greatest accomplishment with my friends and family. Everyone in my life has always been supportive and complimentary of my artwork, but I've never shared my writing with anyone who actually knows me. You're both creative people who have shared your work with the world. Did you ever have this fear when it came to those closest to you? Any tips for how to overcome it? Sincerely, Morgan. And uh, thank you for including the pronouns she, her. Um, I appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. Morgan being not unlike my own name. That's ambiguous. Uh, I appreciate knowing the pronouns anytime. Makes things a little easier for Daniel and I to know what people prefer. Um, I have so much on this specifically because it relates directly to the, the careers of you and I both. Why don't right. you, why don't you kick it off? Okay. This is going to, I guess it's a plug, but also like whatever we say about this, you can hear 45 more minutes of it. If you listen to my, um, I don't know what you'd call it. My, entertaining cliff notes of Stephen King's on writing, which I did for knowable. So that's a company that gets entertaining people to get breakdowns of books. The idea being you'll either be able to talk about it as though you read it, or hopefully in my case, you'll go read it yourself. But it's so much of Stephen King is like you write with the door closed, you edit with the door open. Like you have to, you have, that is part of the process, but he talks a ton in the book about knowing who those people are, the door is open for that, that, yeah. that you have to be deliberate about who, you know, if I want to be told like, that was great. I'll show something to my mom. Yeah. If I want to be told, what if you did this, I might show something to you. Yeah. So both of those people love me. It's just what Avenue are they taking and what perspective or knowledge on the topic and ability to give criticism? Like people always talk like, You've got to be able to take criticism. True. You know what else you got to be able to do? Know how to give it. Yeah. <laughs> like those. Yeah. Two, so healthy people. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a big theme in our podcast, right? Like healthy people in your life. Um, I, it is terrifying. I am experiencing a little bit of this, not, it's been delayed by a lot, but my thing has always been, and Rory, I'm sure you face this too. You have, they always say you have a year, you have your whole life to write your first book. Well, in our profession, you have a whole life to make your first album. Show me, let me hear your second. Or put your, you put your first hour together. Yeah. Right. Yes. Let me hear your second. Yeah. When you start new material. Right. Which well, in our business, you know, people did, but that also wasn't the, the way with stand up for so long. 
thank God it is now. But you know, some people crafted an act that became the thing that, that they was sold on forever. the road forever. Yes. And you weren't looking to do specials. Right. You know? But I don't know how those people live <clears throat> like that. Because you, well, 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 what it used to be is that a lot of them would get on uh the Tonight Show and mm-hmm. then suddenly get a TV deal that, you know, sank or swam. And if they if it if it sank, they just did the the road. I mean, primarily what we do, it really was mainly the road. Yeah, but you 100%. and I are so fortunate that those people and evolution of entertainment pay the way for us to have, you know, the ability to make money doing this, where we go, oh, I'm I am funny on stage, but that doesn't mean I can't be funny in other mediums yeah. of reaching an audience. Right. Um, through acting, through writing, through podcasts, through you know, a wild variety of, of, you know, YouTube videos, web series. I mean, mm-hmm. a web series. Imagine if you were a failed comic in the eighties, you're like, fuck your goddamn web series. And it's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Like, where was that? What? Yeah. Oh, you guys can just make a show on your own and maybe you make, you know, sometimes it'll factor in how many people make a web series that no one has ever known about, which is 99% right. of everybody. Yeah. But I, I think that there is that just fear of like, fuck it. Is this, is my first hour going to be good? Like, am I, do I really have it to do a second great hour? And then, you know, you get into like third and fourth and some of yeah. that also at the same time, you're building like credit and experience and, and uh, like a, a bank account with your audience of like what they yeah. want and you know what they want and you know what you are. You're, you're also getting better as you're doing it. But yeah. like, I think for me, the biggest takeaway from this is a pr- you you do not want, this is me, this is my opinion. You, I, I should say I, I do not want everyone to like it. Yeah. Because you've, you're too far in the middle. Yeah. Like, in my opinion, some of the best movies, even ones I don't love as much, but I appreciate that they made their specific film. And sometimes yeah. when they hit with me, I love them a hundred times more because that speaks to me on a, on a level that you couldn't have played that completely to the middle of the road. Cause it's not for everybody right now. Stuff that tries to be for everybody usually is horrible with the exception of like so, the MCU. Like we've, so you and I have talked personally about right. Totally. The people that love the mainstream they go, oh, great. I <laughs> think that's forever. Like they like it. And then right. when you say that you don't like it, they go, well, look how successful it is. It's because there's a lot more people that like the mainstream than people who know the, the ins and outs and specifics of what mm-hmm. they appreciate in art. Mm-hmm. I have that with stand-up. I have that a little bit with music. I have it with things that I want to take in. But if I went to a museum right now and started talking about paintings, I might be that mainstream person towards paintings that an artist who paints might be like, oh, you like you like the cheesy fucking shit. And you just go, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it's good. And they could they could go, well, it's not it, it, it's just that 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 uh, that perception right. uh, of it. But I'm I'm with you when it comes to these certain things. I, I, I don't like the aiming for the the middle and people aim for the middle. You know, there's plenty of great people who've aimed for the middle and they've made sure. a great life for themselves. Yeah, and they've yeah. done just fine, but it's just not for me in terms of, I wouldn't feel full, feel fulfilled in what I created. And I think um, that that's what I wanted to say to her is like, if you get some feedback of people saying that's not for me, right? Yeah. Cause sometimes you'll have people say like that movie sucked. And then if you can get them to open up, you end up realizing that that movie just wasn't for them. It didn't yeah. suck. 
you just didn't, it didn't resonate with you. And so I want Morgan to have that knowledge that like a good person will be able to tell you why the story works, even if it wasn't a story for them. And so don't, I just want to like, you got to put your fear in the right place. Like all I want you to do, and you know what, maybe that's a good thing to do. If you share this with people, tell, give them your expectation. If you're like, I just want you to read this for grammar. Don't let them give you notes about the third act. If, if, if you're like, I want you to read this and tell me if you think these two people would love each other and then, and, and get that, like be specific about what you want from the person you're getting the critique from. And don't accept anything outside of that scope, because if you wanted something outside of that scope, you would have asked them for it. And it might be a reason why they aren't the person you asked for it. Yeah. Like, it's also yours. Like, love it. There are parts of my album, certainly the end that, and even a couple jokes that are a hundred percent visual. Like in my opinion, you had to be there. I've been lucky enough that most people still seem to like it. Those are sometimes fun to hear though. Yeah. But I left that in. Because I love it. Yeah. So someone may say to you, I don't know if that's good for an album. You'd be like, yeah, I believe you, but it's good for my album. It's good for me. So take notes, but also like hold true to what you feel good about. And kind of what you're saying here, now that you're working on the second draft, Morgan, and and what will people that know me think if when they they read it, I I think... I think it, what it requires, in my personal opinion, is getting to that point, and you can't force it. You really have to work at it mentally. Getting to that point where you just confidently create and you mm-hmm. let go of your expectations of how it will be received. You know, there's no bullshit. We all want people to really love it and like it, but you do have to live in that reality that, well, what if no one likes it, but you really love it? At the end of the day, what if, what if you hated it, but everyone loved it? Which would you rather have? Would you really rather have mm-hmm. everyone love it, but you hate it? Or would you rather have you love it and really think it's great and nobody likes it? And obviously, those are wild extremes, and, and neither of those would be true of anything you, you put out there. It will be the middle ground anyways. But I think ultimately you have to truly, genuinely, honestly like what you're creating. And if you do, I, I, I've always believed that there's a good chance people will like it. I, to, to address this, this feeling currently, right now I'm shooting a show um, and, and, and I'm, I'm acting a, a opposite Roseburn. And you hate is, her. And I hate her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's great. She is truly, uh, tr- such a wonderful person and truly so fucking good. It's awesome to watch and learn and be there and just see how someone operates and at that level. It's awesome. It's a, it's a learning. Mm-hmm. Every time I step in there, I'm learning. I'm learning something every single day, which is great. But I also get in my own head. Um, is what I'm doing, you know, able to support what, how great she is. Am I believable? Is this, I'm hearing myself say these words and it truly just this week, I, coming back from the break have felt so amazing that I've, I've, I've canceled out the doubt in my mind. And I've just decided that I really like what I'm doing. And I really like that while I'm doing it, I don't get to know what it 
looks like. In stand-up, I don't ever get to watch myself do stand-up. So I'll never really know what it looks like because it's not the same to watch a fucking tape and it's not the same to listen to your album and it's not the same to watch a special. None of that's the same. I'll never know in real time what it looks like. And I'm not saying I want to know. But what I do know is what I feel from the energy of the crowd when I'm doing it. And Mm. that has always been my barometer of, of where I think it might be. And I know when I like it and I know when I hate it. And with acting, it is very difficult for me because there isn't that energy surrounding me giving me that confidence that what I'm doing is 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 good or it is believable or it is real. And just this week, for the first time in, you know, I think seven years or eight years of of calling myself an actor, I've been in a position where I was really having so much fun doing it that I stopped caring if I actually thought it was good. And I stopped caring if I actually thought someone watching it would go, oh, that's good, or oh, that's shitty. I took myself away from the position that I'll never be in anyways and just committed to the position I was in, which is Mm -hmm. the person sitting there doing it, and said, do I like what I'm doing? Can I forget all the doubt? Can I stop fucking caring so much can I just know the lines and then just fucking forget them and just be there and listen and actually listen to what's happening in the scene? And I, I have to say, you know, to to Rose's credit, I feel like I, I I found this place because I'm I'm watching, you know, how she does it. And it's it's been amazing. But it's it's also been my own personal struggle that I finally overcame. And it all I will say the only thing that helped me, and maybe this is the same for you, but I just committed to believing that I I I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. Quit being the person in your own mind that says maybe this isn't good. Maybe right. people won't like this. Well, you I think that tip for never, how to overcome it's huge that you're, you're saying. You're never going to get to be the other people. Right. Daniel right. and I will never get to be the crowd at our stand-up show. We will never get to be in the audience to influence how we are feeling on stage. It's impossible. It will never happen. That's what I mean when I say, "Oh, but I watch my own special." Doesn't matter. The energy you're creating in your house, watching something that's been taped, you know, six months ago, you can't influence it now. You can Mm -hmm. only watch it. You can't participate in it. Daniel and I can only participate in the show as ourselves. And if we don't sit there and give ourselves that confidence and give ourselves that joy, there's no reason anyone else would ever give us that either. So my advice and my feeling is, you have to give yourself the thing you're worried about not getting from other people. Can I stop caring about other people giving it to you? Can I, I, that sounds more, (laughs) I sound more fired up about Morgan than I am. I mean it in a, a a motivational way. I know. Well, can I, can I give a spoiler alert for your doc? Yeah. We, We can edit this out if you want me to. But I do a thing before I go on stage where I go, this is going to be a good time. You're a good time everyone's going to have a good time. And yeah. then that's what I walk on stage with. So it, it like floored me when I watched the screening of your doc. And I think you say something like be fun. Yeah. Be yeah, yeah. Fun. Yeah. And I'm like, you f- fucking like, I don't know which one of us is Arnold and which one Danny DeVito, but it, like, <laughs> <laughs> we've had enough things in this show where we're like, we're both Arnold DeVito. <laughs> I'll take we're both it. Danny, Sw- little, Danny Schwarzenegger. Little and, and yoked. Ripped. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, uh, but that to me speaks to what you're saying where it's like, I'm 
saying, here's what's going to happen with this. This is my attitude about my work. And you're either going to get on board. I can't guarantee we're going to have a good show, but it's not because of my attitude. If we we don't have a good show, it's going to be some other thing I couldn't control. But I am telling you, this is good. We're going to have a good time. And you are saying, I am fun. Let's have fun. And so it's that same, I think, thing of like where Morgan says, like any tips to overcome it. It's like, I would slide someone your book and say, I'm very proud of this. And I would love it if you could give me your thoughts on blank. You're never going to overcome it. It's more of a dealing with it. I can't force the crowd to have a good time. You can't force fun. We are very kind of forceful energies on stage, but we, but we have to first put that out. People have to want to receive that. Sure. And we're at a point in our career where it's really fun now because it's almost truly like, uh, that's who is makes up the majority of the room. You know, Mm -hmm. I still have, there's still a ton of people at my shows who have no clue who I am and they came with a friend or they saw me in something and they don't know what my standups like. Right. Certainly a lot of women who had to find out I'm not Ethan for my Phil pretty (laughs) on stage. But when people do show up, they're like, yeah, the, the force that you're putting out there, you're not forcing us. We came here fully open sure. because that's the thing we want. And that yeah. is when it's so fun because then there's no wall that as a performer you have to, to push through. My, my, my final thought on Morgan is you will only ever be as good as you think you are. That's as good as you're going to be. Whatever good you think you are, that, that's what it's going to be. If you say, I'm going to be a great writer, I am a great writer, then you're a great writer. Mm-hmm. Don't say it to motivate yourself. Don't say it to get yourself to sit down and actually do it. Say it because you really believe it and you really have faith in it and you don't need anyone else to to validate it. And I know the irony, that's coming from two people who, you know, our psyche is built upon validation, but it's also coming from two people whose psyche was built on validation, who believed in themselves so much, they no longer need the validation. And I got to tell you, that is the fucking warm bath. (laughs) of the whole thing right there okay. when you can finally get in the hot tub and go i don't give a fuck if anyone likes it and you know what i know they will and i know i know enough people will because i really like it and i'm not so different from a lot of people yeah agreed i like Morgan, it Roar. great letter such agreed. a great letter yep long episode but you know what that's what when we get fired up we get fired up uh morgan thank you so much i hope this helped believe in yourself i know you already do you already wrote a fucking novel believe me when i say that daniel and i will never ever do that there might be a time when you see daniel or i put out a book but believe me that's because we got to put our name on it that's not because we (laughs) fucking wrote that wrote that book so you're you're already doing great and i haven't even read one one sentence so um Thank you for the letter. Sincerely, we wish you well. Mm-hmm. Sincerely, your pen pals, Roy Scoville. And Daniel Van Kirk. It wasn't so long ago. A podcast network. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 